Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Do. I hope everybody had a great week. We have another A-gamer on the show today. I'm really excited about this. Kevin Barrett. He's a SWAT commander in the, uh, at a city in the state of Indiana. He's also a co-owner of a couple companies. One of them that we're going to showcase today is Responder Bourbon. I mean, we all know that like bourbon is a hot item now. They can hardly keep it on the shelves. I, I got buddies from around the country calling me and there's like a network asking like, hey, is this bourbon in your liquor store and vice versa? And people are sending bottles around the country. Um, and I'm excited to really showcase uh, your new brand, Kevin. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Rob. Uh, it's my honor to be here. Kev, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I've been on the uh, Indiana Police Department for 29 years. Going on, I'm in my 29th year. Um, been on SWAT for geez, 23 or 24 years, and I currently hold the title of commander. Um, so I've been doing that uh, for four years, I think, now as commander. And just kind of slowly worked my way up from assault or operator to assistant team leader, team leader, assistant commander to commander. So kind of hit the top of my game where I wanted to be internally here at the PD. And yep. um, yeah, so I, I started doing other things, as you already mentioned. But uh, yeah, that's that's me. I'm married and my wife is in the game, too. She's a chief of police at a local university here where I'm from. And we have a couple kids and trying to do the right thing there. Badass. Well, what inspired you to be an entrepreneur while being a police officer? Uh, well, to you know, to be frank, after 9-11, I felt like I needed to do something else other than just be a municipal police officer. Um, I just thought there was a larger calling after the, the attacks of 9-11. I was very close to uh, joining the Army, um, trying to go to the Ranger Battalion, that type of stuff. I was looking into that pretty uh, pretty strongly. Then my wife reminded me that we had little babies and that wasn't a smart thing to do. So, so I stayed in a fight here and after thinking about what I could do to maybe help um, our community be successful, to combat terrorism because that was, you know, that was the thing that was the, the problem that we were all faced with. And, and the, we didn't know the reality on how that would actually affect us here at home. Um, yep. Thankfully with the wonderful uh, military services that we have now, it's not really affected us. Like a lot of people thought it was going to because of the great work that they've done abroad um, along yep. with the intelligence agencies and others um, that I'm not mentioning. Um, so I was just trying to find a way to stay in the fight somehow other than just where I was from. And uh, one of my close friends who was actually just killed in the line of duty back in July of last year, uh, we came up with the idea of a communication network between uh, small towns to large cities because we all do the same thing and the fight could come anywhere. And we came up with this idea called SWAT Digest. And SWAT Digest at the time was just an online portal because, you know, websites and, and all this other stuff, all this social media just wasn't out there yet. And we were trying to figure out the best way to do this. So it was just more of a message board where we had participation literally from all across the country and, 
and in the uh, Western Europe states as well. Um, and then at that one at some time it, it it came to you know a print publication. It was a four color, fifty two page print publication because of the demand that we had, and it was going out to over thirty thousand uh, individuals like like ourselves. Um, and then during the course of the time of doing that, it actually became a website and we quit printing. And then now it's just more of a social media tool, uh, the way to engage with guys like us across the country and elsewhere. And during that time frame, uh, a few years later, we were put in position to, to acquire the International Tactical Officers Training Association because it was not a not-for-profit. It was a actually for-profit organization. And we thought that that fit SWAT Digest. Um, just because of the international reach that we had. And then a um, couple years later, Engel Ballistic Research kind of fell into this whole um, mesh of, you know, limited liability companies that really fit our um, market or the people that we, you know, engage with every, our community, um, which I'll probably touch base on that a little bit later. But, yeah. you know, our community um we kept providing services to guys like us and resources for them to be successful and that was really a passion of of ours i mean i i am one of a handful of other guys co-owners that own these businesses that really want to give back to ourselves our community enhance our community's capabilities um to be successful and then after I don't know, a few more years goes by. I'm really aging myself with all these years, but I don't think it was that many in between each year. Um, kind of brought us to what you mentioned earlier um, with Responder Bourbon and how that kind of, you know, fell into, again, our community and what we're trying to achieve by providing great services and products to, to ourselves. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So you're, it's, really, it's really off basically the need to do something else after 9-11 is really what pushed all this got this started. So you're you're giving back and you're you're creating a dialogue with SWAT Digest and then acquiring ITOTA, the International Training Officers Association, to kind of give back to law enforcement and military special operations. Am I correct? Yeah. So with the with with the magazine, you know, we're having the dialogue with the training. We're taking that dialogue a, a step farther and having real conversations about tactics and weapons and ammunition and gear. Um, and then, then EBR, uh, which is a, which is Ingle Ballistic Research is it really develops um, specialty ammunition um, that, that can be used in a different or a variety of applications. So that we all use. Yeah. It's impressive. And then at the end of the day, you can sit back after all that stuff and have a responder bourbon and, and cheers to the, to the guys that, uh, that we work with, their families and, and our fallen. So. Yeah. You, you had to have been burning the midnight oil from the beginning of just even simply SWAT Digest, uh, learning, learning how to set up the website, uh, putting the periodical out there, and then going into the management of uh, ITOTA. There's a lot of moving parts there. Um, you know, your, your, your main career as a police officer and, and also in special operations, has that helped you as an entrepreneur? Has some of the, uh, the things that you learned in, in your main career uh, made you more savvy in the business world? Well, I, 
I don't know about savvy, but it's it's definitely helped from the standpoint of the, you know, you got to surround yourself with great people. You got to have a great team. Um, you all have to inspire each other uh, and work with each other at a high level every day. Um, it's hard to take days off, you know, um, when you're actually working um, on the job. It's hard to do that. You got to keep yourself squared away, focused. Um, so you're there for your, your partner um, and your team and then your family at the end of the day. Um, so I think that the key learning point there was how, to, how do you build a great team to be successful no matter what we're doing? Um, and I think we have that not only at the PD, but only we have that within our, our small niche group of, of ownership team um, that runs these day to day for the products that we provide. And that's good. That's really good feedback for the audience that in surrounding yourself with, with solid people, with true teammates is, is a recipe for success. It sounds like that's what you're doing. Yeah, I mean it's it's the only way you, this it's the only way this works, um, you know as well as I do in the field that we're in. If if you're not successful individually, then the team's going to be pulled pulled down, get behind, lose focus, and you just got to have you got to hold yourself to a higher level of accountability along with your teammates. And I think we all do that. So that's probably the biggest thing that I've been able to take um, the leadership part of it as well outside and put it to work in the corporate world uh corporate world we're just learning i mean we've been doing this for several years but every every year is an adventure every every month's an adventure every day is and you know we're learning something new so we but we've got a great team so it it, it helps well you are you're, you're you and the collective team are are succeeding because you are completing the mission like you're like you wanted to start responder bourbon and it's done. And I, I drank a bottle like, <laughs> um, and it was very good. Um, good. so let's get into responder bourbon. Um, that, that is a very popular market right now. And I can only imagine, uh, with, with, uh, you know, licensing and, uh, negotiating with these distilleries and there's a lot of intelligence work that you got to do before you even start this. And then you got to get the capital to, to buy the bottle, the, the barrels, et cetera. Tell us how this all started and the name and, and what we're interested to hear about this. Sure. So it, it, it wouldn't have started if we wouldn't have had a, a great team within. So when I say team, there's a couple guys like me, we have a couple business professionals uh, that are um, our partners as well and, and engineers. So it, again, it kind of, you know, without having the foundation of what we have right now, we wouldn't be able to accomplish the things that we're trying to do. And one of them is Responder Bourbon. But, but with saying that, uh, we, we established uh, in a, a relationship with Bartstown Bourbon Company um, based on a relationship myself and one of my partners had with the CEO, who's uh, Mark Irwin. Um, went down to visit him at the Bartstown Bourbon Company a couple of years ago uh, when he took over as CEO. Um, and then, and then kind of gave us a backdrop on how bourbon sells, what's behind it, uh, how it's, you know, how it's made, all that type of stuff. And after a couple of days of, of uh, sipping on whiskey and different bourbons, you know, he convinced me that we had a pretty good story because bar, because bourbon, um, the story behind, behind that bourbon is what sells it. 
And if, if you look at bourbon, there's only a handful of ways that it can be made. Um, you know, there's some of it is made is because of the law that surrounds it. And then the, the grains that are in it and how long it sits and what it's stored in. Um, so the story really drives the sell of any given bourbon brand. And he convinced us that, you know, we had a, we had a pretty good story to tell. And after about 18 months of going back and forth, trying to figure out licensing, uh, which we were already accustomed to government licensing just because of the ITAR regulations that, that we follow when it comes with the ammo company and the training company, because a lot of that stuff is shipped overseas, a lot of the trainings overseas. Um, so there's ITAR rules and regulations that you have to follow. So we, we're accustomed to how government licensing works. Gotcha. Uh, so we, we dove into that, kind of figured that out. Then it took us, you know, several tries on the name, but we really wanted to have a name that would encompass who we are, not only as law enforcement, but as the first responder core, because over the last two years, first responder kind of went away to um, another term, um, frontline, you know, workers and that type of stuff. And I didn't feel that was appropriate. I mean, we're, we're first yeah. responders, police, fire, EMS. We're the, we are literally the first ones on the doorstep of anybody that's hurt, injured. Uh, there's a crime been committed, sick, you know, so we, we were kind of lost in the focus. And of course, we got beat up for no reason over the last couple of years as well. Um, but the true, our true supporters uh, were still there, which is the majority of, the, uh, you know, of all of this civilian world in the United States. So yep. with that being said, we were trying to figure out a good name. And after a handful of names and a couple of uh, um, trademark and copyright type issues on some names that we wanted to do, we came up with Responder, Responder Bourbon, because we feel like that really encompasses who that group is that we were just talking about. Um, so right. we got our trademarks and and got that accomplished and then we started the, the fight on the component issues and and getting everything from glass to corks to paper is hard to get at, in large volume because of you know the ships being stuck out at sea or covid or blame whoever but it's just you know the component, yeah. components as a whole in every industry are hard to come by so that's that's been our biggest struggle um the best thing that's happened to us um, that our team is really matched up with the bar sound team that has really helped us, you know, inch this along and make sure we had a great quality product. And um, yeah, so that's really been our biggest struggles is the component com part of it. Cause like I said, the licensing and, and the trademark stuff was, was uh, not that bad. So, so yeah, so right. we're, we're currently in three States, Indiana, Kentucky, and Texas. And by the end of this year, 2022, we should be in Florida, California, New York, and New Jersey, and potentially awesome. online as well. So, awesome! I, I think you're not giving yourself enough credit. You know what you just said of getting the trademark and uh, researching the names and making sure you're not taking you know a trademark name. That's a lot of grinding. There, there's a lot behind the scenes here, and um, and that's what I'm trying to get across to the audience is like this is no easy feat and but you you did it. You're, you're persevering. You're, you know, using all the words to get to your goal. Correct. Yeah. I mean, the whole, you know, 
the whole chain of words uh, that you use when you go to work every day, whether it's, you know, community, perseverance, integrity, teamwork, you know, all that stuff plays into what we do every day um, and, and where our focus is. So it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a day off. It doesn't matter if you're at work. You got you to hold yourself to high standards and you've got to hold your, your uh, partners to high standards as well. So you all can be successful and enjoy that. But, you know, it's a grind and, you know, nothing's, nothing's free and easy unless it's the lottery, but you still got to pay for that. <laughs> so <laughs> That's so true. Put, put down that two bucks. So you got, yeah. it's all about the grind and having the support to do it. Yeah. So what was it like picking your bourbon, the, the, the tasting and what was that process like? Well, it was about putting a bunch of bourbon in small cups and sipping it. <laughs> um, how long yeah, did that take you guys? Well, there's a, there, I mean, really, there's all kinds of bourbon, right? So it depends on how long it, I mean, there's all kinds of flavors of bourbon because of how long it sits, where it sits in the rickhouse, what the mash bill is, uh, all that type of stuff. So we wanted, we, we knew going into one of our main challenges behind the responder was going to, or in front of a responder was going to be converting a strong beer culture, law enforcement into the whiskey world. Uh, and we know that, you know, law enforcement specifically, since I can speak on that behalf, uh, since I'm still on the job, you know, I was a big, I was a beer guy for, you know, forever until about three or four years ago. Then I started sipping on Irish whiskey and didn't want the calories and all that type of stuff. And then the bourbon happened. But we, so we knew we had challenges and one of the challenges was getting guys like us to convert and or buy on special occasion, you know, retirements and all that type of stuff, holidays, you know, how can we get guys to do that? Um, yeah. So we needed a mild, easy drinking bourbon, one that does not provide a lot of heat, you know, it's fairly sweet um, and, and we wanted to get it at the lowest level you know, at 95, uh, 94 proof um, to kind of back that off. And we knew we needed to be in a four to eight year bourbon range um, when we did our first release. And it was a four and a half and we thought we nailed it. We think we nailed it. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was very good, uh, Kev. Like who are, you guys really taste test. You put put a nice bourbon together there. Yeah, so it was, it was several trips to Bardstown. And luckily Bardstown, uh, Kentucky is three hours south of me here in Indiana. Um, I've got a couple partners in uh, here with me and then a couple in Texas. So a lot of bourbon shipped as samples as well to us to, to try. And then we got lucky because we were literally running out of, of samples because just like all the component industry that we're talking about, bourbon's hard to get because of the demand um, and people wanting more and more of it. You know, it's gone from drinking it neat to, okay, you can have ice. Well, now drink it like you want, like how you want you know, mix it with whatever you want. Um, so the demand for bourbon is through the roof. So finding a good, um, you know, four-year bourbon, four-year-old bourbon was hard to do. And luckily, like I said, Barstown Bourbon Company had it. That's who we've, you know, they've, they've, they've driven us really through this. They've, you know, everything that we've bounced off of them, they've helped us through this whole process or so our story not only are we first responders, but we're here to support Bardstown as well with our products and, and where we get our, we get our bourbon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, you, that's a solid partner there. They're a reputable, reputable bourbon company uh, worldwide. 
and hopefully responder bourbon will be the same. Hope so. That's, I mean, that's the goal. You know, what's one of the goals is to be able to provide this for, we'd like to get in all 50 States at some point, but that's going to take a few years to do. Um, a lot of that's, you know, supply and demand. We've had a lot of requests for it across the country and outside the country, but we only, we only had so much. We did a first run of a small batch. The next run, which will hopefully be released the end of May is a much larger batch and it's going to have a different look and a different feel to it. Uh, Mashville is going to be slightly different. Um, so yeah, okay. so that's, that, I mean, that's the goal. Same proof. Same proof. Yeah, it'll be the same proof. Okay. And so you're just building this company up to, to buy more barrels to expand. Am I correct? Yes, basically. That's basically it. It's not, again, it's not that easy. Um, uh, so yeah, so we are, a, we're, we are a brand, we're not a distiller. Um, I don't know that we would ever be a distiller, um, because that's, that's, that's a pretty big feat in itself. Um, we just want to provide our brand, our product to guys like us. So it can help support our guys and also give back to the community in different ways as well. Um, you know, a lot of what we talk about and what we want to do is our community, take care of our community. So we want to give back to families of fallen officer, excuse me, officers, fallen firefighters, EMS, rescue workers as well. So as we grow and we're finally in the, in, in the, in the uh, position to give back um, this year, we'll be, we'll start that this year, giving back to uh, families in need from, from first responder families. That's fantastic. Have any curveballs pop up during this process? I'm sure you you did. Like any any business, you got setbacks, curveballs that that pop up. I can only imagine in the bourbon lane that you know you, you guys ran across a few um, supplies. You know, like I talked about the component issue. Just getting a glass bottle that that is a spirit bottle is so difficult. It's unbelievable. Well, that's really? that's been the biggest surprise. It, it really is like the, our, our glass comes from um, outside the country and as most does and but uh, from Eastern Europe and it's just really difficult to get a quality bottle and you know sam again sample after sample we, we had a vision that we wanted to go with um, and we couldn't get the bottle that we wanted the second bottle we wanted the third bottle we wanted and then we finally got one that had inventory we got it. We were like, eh, well, I guess we got it. But so we have to go with it. Then we got it bottled up, labeled and did all that. Then we loved it. So, which is the one that we have now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just the components, I, I never, you know, being in the ammo industry, that was, we saw that coming um, and we knew different things were going to be hard to acquire, especially as th this term keep continues. And then you, you add in COVID and some of the other things, uh, we knew ammunition components were going to be tough, but I, we had no idea it'd be like this in the bourbon industry or the whiskey industry. Had no idea. Yeah. Well, impressive way, way to keep grinding and achieving your goal. Uh, you, like there's no, none of, none of this last batch left, is there? No, it was sold out. We, we actually sold it out from our perspective, from our inventory to wholesalers before it was even bottled. Oh, so, yeah. So it was. That's smart. You know, 
people people like first responders. People want to support first responders, and, and we knew that, and we know this, and I think we all do. You just get the you know, the, the shit bags that want to get on TV for whatever reason, and I don't. I'm not gonna get that, but yeah. So we know people like first responders, but we we, we did not realize the support that we we're gonna have for this, and it it's really been pretty awesome. It it, it really has been pretty awesome. That's exciting to hear, Kevin. What's your word, man? Family. Because um, without oh, nice. the family, the, you know, family, which includes community, includes friends, um, team, it, it all kind of to me is the same word. And without that, without your family, you can't do any of this stuff. So you got to have the support to, to get it done. That, that is a great word. Great way of looking at it too, Kev. And, you know, heck, your family has to support you with all the, the businesses you've got going on and, <laughs> and then yeah. your main career too and all the call outs you go on and like you got a busy life. Yeah, so it's the family, it's the, it's the team, you know, it's our guys in Texas, it's the guys in Indiana that, that support that as well and then our own families internally, you know, it's all, and again, it's all about the community. So I've got a couple words, family and community. Um, you know, it's about who we are as, as individuals um, who we are in our family element and in our teams at work. I mean, it's all about that, which is the community. Yeah. Bryce, you got anything? Yeah. Kevin, being a CEO of a company, what is one piece of advice you would give to somebody that's starting their own company today? Uh, make sure you have the support from your family to do it. Um, because the last thing you want is, is to be getting, in trouble or letting this get in the way without, you know, having the approval of your loved ones before you do it, because this takes a ton of time, as you can imagine. Um, just, just make sure your, your family, number one, supports what you're going to do. Awesome. Awesome. Bryce, we got a WWRD question this week. Yeah, we do. Somebody asked, how do you manage disappointment and why are we disappointed versus humbled when experiencing life? Oh, that's a good one. I like it. So how do I manage disappointment? Look, we all get disappointed, but you got to get over it. And you got to switch your mindset 15 degrees left to right and come up with solutions. I actually, I get like more motivated from disappointment. Um, it's a challenge and you got to have that tenacity and outside the box thinking to get over that disappointment and heck yeah, it is humbling. I, I like that. It's humbling because I think it makes us better people through disappointments. We all have them, but we just got to get over them. We got to own it and move on and then look at solutions at what you're trying to get accomplished. Um, that's your word, Ron. It's perseverance, right? I mean, that's your yeah. word. That's yeah. No, that, that's it, it, Kev. Yeah, that's it's that's all we can do. Um, it's not complicated. There's a lot of like literature and books out there, and you know, 200 pages of this and that, and um, it, it really doesn't have to be that that long. It's they're simple concepts, and what we're trying to get across here is is just believe in these words and actually act and 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 action matters. And that's how you get over it. 
then you have a you know a whiskey at the end of the day <laughs> a responder bourbon whiskey always helps at the end of the day exactly oh no, it always helps <laughs> <laughs> oh man well kev we really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today um you're a true american hero you are still serving thank you and we wish you uh, all the best and luck and i'll be sure to be buying especially when uh it's available up here in new york uh responder bourbon uh you know, frequently. So thanks again. Thank you. It's my honor and pleasure, uh, Ron and Bryce. Thank you for allowing me to participate in your, in, on your show. And thank you very much. Anytime. We'll, we'll have you on again soon, Kev. Be safe out there. Do team. Get out there. Have a great week. And remember, do. Do.